Hi everyone, welcome to Coffee Chat with Camille. Today I have on a special guest and his name is Shane Rogers. He's a comedian and um, he's also a co-host of the popular Midnight Facts for Insomniacs podcast. Um, and I am thrilled to have him here today and to hear, and he's going to let our audience know about how they can, um, uh, how to build an audience for your pod. So let me go ahead and start with uh, asking some questions. Hello? Hello? Yeah, hi there. Hi, how are you? Thank you for coming. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes, um, I do have some questions, and uh, let me go ahead and start. I, I introduced you also. Uh, okay, so how how did you develop and grow your podcast? Um. So our podcast is like a third try. So I had had some experience in the past with podcasts that didn't work. And I think that was really important. At the time that I started this podcast, I had figured out what doesn't work, which I think is kind of the most important element, honestly, is um, learning from experience. So my first two podcasts were very I would say like nebulous, they just sort of were based on like, I think a lot of people's are kind of based on something like the Joe Rogan model where you're sort of just talking to friends about whatever interests you for long periods of time. Right. And that just does not work unless you're a celebrity. There's, you know, if, if you, obviously interview shows can work if they're interesting and they're targeted, but just, you know, I'm going to talk to my buddies about things that interest us for a long period of time no one's going to listen to that unless you have some type of huge social media following. Uh, you're an influencer, you're a celebrity. So those two really taught me a lot about what people are not looking to listen to. Um, and so what I took from that was that I needed a real concept for the show. It needed to what they call niching down, right? Find a niche. And for me, that was um, finding, you know, a topic that and and also engaging the the listenership. So not only did we sort of decide on on making it a very specific type of show, but also letting the the listeners have a say in that. Um, and so that I, I think is the most important thing to begin with was that we found a concept that worked. In this case, we do a deep dive every week on a specific topic that is chosen by the fans. And uh, I research the topic and then I, I sort of teach it to my friend, a longtime friend and, and a fellow comedian. Um, and that's been really successful, kind of, you know, getting, getting the fans involved. Um, and I think that, you know, just to start off with, kind of, that's the most important element is to make sure that you're, you're not just, you know, out there throwing your words out into the void and thinking that people are going to be interested just because you're interested in what you have to say. It really comes down yeah. to finding a successful concept and, and laser focusing on that and making sure that you're constantly delivering what, what they expect from you. 
Excellent. So one would be find a, a niche or a concept, and then the other would be find a topic um, that your fans would be interested in listening to. Yeah, and it can be really uh, the more specific, the better, right? In fact, that's one thing yeah. that I wish we I wish we were a little bit more specific than we are. We've that if there's anything that we've had to overcome, it's the fact that we're a very broad subject. You know, we take we've covered everything from uh, the history of clowns was our last episode uh, to yeah. UFOs to conspiracy theories to QAnon. You know, we we've done a little bit of everything, um, and I so saw that. I, I yeah. think. Yeah, and it's been great. I mean, it, it keeps it fun for us. That's That's been really important for us because I think we'd get bored if we were too deeply niched down. But for most podcasts, what really works, what was really successful is find something that you're interested in and then just delve into that. So if you're interested in Dungeons & Dragons or something, you know, have your podcast be Dungeons & Dragons themed and do that every week because there is a huge... Uh, there's a huge market for that that you know is is not getting reached by everyone, and certainly you you can have a unique take on it. Um, and I think it's really important to make sure that you're not just going in and saying, "Well, we have something for everyone," because that's never true. It never works. If you have something for everyone, then then you're really not appealing to anyone. You want to have something specifically for a certain type of audience that is going to appreciate what you have and make it as specific as possible. That's why, you know, there are podcasts that are huge, and all they do is talk about The Office, the show The Office, or all they do is talk about, you know, knitting. I mean, they're literally podcasting yeah. about knitting, and every week, they, it, because there are tons of people who are into knitting, and they don't have anywhere to go, you give them one show, and they're going to flock to it. So it's really important to be specific. Excellent. And then I, I was curious as to why you decided to be a podcaster? Uh, I decided to be a podcaster because I think at the time I assumed that was what you sort of just had to do. I, I'm a stand-up comedian. In my first uh, couple years of doing comedy, it seemed like everyone was starting a podcast and you sort of had to have like an Instagram and a podcast and you had to have a, a an email list. There were just things that you had to do in order to market. And I sort of felt like that was something that I was checking off the list. Um, and so that's probably also why the first couple of podcasts that I had didn't succeed the way this one has was that I was sort of just doing it, you know, it was perfunctory. I just sort of assumed I had to do it and I was going through the motions. Um, this yeah. one I started because I became a real fan of podcasts and there were a few podcasts that I was listening to that I enjoyed but I wished they were different. There was a podcast called uh, Stuff You Should Know, and there was another podcast called The Dollop. And they were both two guys sitting around talking about different topics. The Dollop really focuses on kind of historical, biographical stuff, and Stuff You Should yeah. Know is more like us in a way in, in which they sort of choose a different topic every week. Um, but I wanted – Stuff You Should Know was fun, but it wasn't irreverent enough, and they were very, like – they were very uh, G-rated. They didn't swear. It was it was kind of like almost for kids, it felt like. And then the dollop was fun. They were two guys being very being very irreverent. There were two comedians. But I, I wasn't as interested in the topics, and they went on really long. They were like two-hour podcasts, and I just couldn't hang with it. So I wanted <laughs> something. I wanted to listen. To, I wanted there to be something out there that was a mixture of kind of those and maybe a little bit shorter, a little bit, you know, fun, um, and, and, and a broader topic 
sort of a, a broader you know, section of topics that I could get into. And so I created what I wanted to listen to. I was like, this is missing for, you know, this, I, there's an audience out there, out there that wants a little bit of both of these podcasts. And so that's what we created. I, I, you know, I sat down with, with a good friend of mine who I've known since high school and uh, we have really good chemistry and we created our show, Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. Um, that was just for people who, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, we're both night owls. We spend a lot of time kind of reading and studying things in the middle of the night. And so okay. we figured there's a lot of other people that do that, that are up late and, you know, looking for something to listen to. And they want to learn about a weird topic. They want to learn about UFOs this week. And so we're going to give that to them. And uh, that, that's where it came from. That's wonderful. And then, um, how did you attract an audience and create your community for your show? And more importantly, how long did it take you to do that? Yeah. That's yeah. Great question. That's it. It, it takes time. Um, we are now okay. in our third. Our we're in our third year. I guess we'll come up in uh, December. It'll be three years. Um, and it took. I would say the first year was just audience building. Um, and it's really the community is is huge. Like that is, you know, you're never gonna if you're starting out as an independent podcast and an, an indie show, you're never gonna have a huge budget of, for marketing. You really have to do some guerrilla marketing tactics. And for us, what happened was that we we weren't taking it seriously at first, and we didn't think that it was going to be anything. I mean, I think when we started, like I said, we built this show because it was something we would want to listen to, and we thought it was fun. And as it started to take off a little bit in the beginning, we were kind of blindsided by that. And we really didn't know how to, how to leverage our fan base. And I think if you go into it knowing how to use your listenership to build the show for you, that's huge. And that took us a long time to figure out. I think had we gone into it knowing what we were doing, it would have built a lot faster. But once we started to get a little bit of a, of a listenership, um, we were actually, our first few episodes were recorded in a car because we didn't have like a studio or anywhere to record. We literally would drive my Prius to like a quiet location out in the woods where we live and then just record in the car. Um, so it was like super low budget, super bootstrapped. Um, and, and so, you know, we were not taking it seriously. And all of a sudden I started seeing that the numbers were going up and I'm looking at these downloads and I'm going, wow, you know, people, some people are actually listening to this. And then we started getting emails and we started getting suggestions for topics and, and we realized, okay, there's something here. And, and now we have to start taking this more seriously because people are actually listening and now it feels suddenly there's a little bit of pressure, you know, in the beginning it was very loose and, and unscripted and and just completely uh, off the cuff. And we were like, all right, we have to deliver something that people are really going to be more interested in because now otherwise we feel like they're wasting their time every week. And so the most important thing I think is to start leveraging that community. The, the community that you build around your show is the most valuable promotional tool that you'll have. Uh, you know, you're just one person uh, podcasting, maybe two or three at most. Uh, but as soon as you have a fan base, like even a small one, you have a potential promotional team. So, you know, let's say you're only getting a hundred downloads a week after your first few months, um, but you're getting that every week well, then that's like a little battalion, right? That's, a, that's more than a Navy SEAL team. And they're coming back every week because they care about your show. You are part of their lives now. And I think one thing that people have to understand when they're podcasting, and 
and I think this is important because a lot of us suffer from imposter syndrome, but if strangers are listening every week, that means that you are contributing value to their lives, right? They're getting enjoyment from your show. And it's okay to ask them to give something back. People are happy to do that. Like there's, there's this principle in psychology called the reciprocity principle. And unless you are like a selfish sociopath, when you get something from someone, your instinct is to give something in return. So at least a few of your fans are not just going to be willing to help, they're going to actively want to help. And they'll feel good about giving something back. And so you just want to give them the opportunity to do that. So for instance, we have um, one member of our you know, listenership created a Discord for us, and we didn't know what Discord was. And she created a Discord server. She messaged us and said, hey, I built this thing, and I've got a bunch of insomniacs, is what we call our fans, and a bunch of the insomniacs are in here now, and you guys should join. So we joined our own fan club, and we realized she, she was building this thing without us. And then I went and learned a bunch about Discord, and I kind of helped take it over, and now I sort of co-run it. And we have, about yeah. four, we have over 400 people in there um, on a regular basis. They're all in there chatting about the show. And, you know, they became our little army to go out and promote. And we said, hey, you know, we, we ran little contests for, like, we would send them a shirt if they um, got, you know, a certain number of people to join or if they put a bunch of stuff on their social media. Um, and it just became, it sort of takes on a life of its own. And now we have a woman who runs our Instagram for us. We met her through the Discord. And so we've just wow. leveraged our fan base to become yeah. the promotional team for the show, and that's been hugely su- successful for us. Oh, that's wonderful. And then may I ask, um, oh, that's, that's outstanding. And then which uh, topics have received um, the most listens so far of all the topics you all have done? Oh, that's a good question. Boy, I should look back. I, I, you know, I don't look at the individual <laughs> okay. stats for individual shows that often, but I, I do know some of the ones okay. um, that were super successful. Scientology, we did an episode on anything like religion or cult-based always does really well. Okay. So we did episodes on Scientology and Mormonism, and both wow. of those were, okay. were really big. big. Um, the QAnon episode, anything with cults, people seem to, to really gravitate to. Any of the darker subjects we find um, have really gone over well. And we, we did one on mummies recently, mummies and death rituals, that was really big. Um, and then anything with animals, we did, people love stuff that we do with animals. Um, some of the ones that, you know, haven't done as well, though, as far as downloads, have been some of our more popular episodes as far as, like, getting a lot of feedback from them. We did an episode on taxes, just the, the way taxes work. Uh, and the history of taxation and taxing in different countries. And it sounds really dry, but it ended up being more one of our more fun episodes, I think, just because we were kind of, we were joking about, and, you know, we were making fun of the fact that it was going to be dry. And so we kind of, you know, I, I, I looked into history for interesting taxes. There's, for instance, in Russia, they used to have a, a beard tax. So if you wanted to have a beard as a man, you would, you would have to pay a tax to, to have a beard. And if you didn't pay the tax, they would forcibly shave you. Um, so there were, you know, things that were interesting that people probably wouldn't know about that were kind of off the beaten path. And that, so those episodes, even though they weren't as big, um, the episode like taxes got a ton of interesting feedback from those. So some of the, are the most, you know, rewarding episodes for us haven't always been the most popular episodes. Yes. It makes me, like, interested in just hearing about it. Um, 
is there oh okay so as a podcaster um uh what would you uh, i mean how can i say this how would you um give our audience suggestions about how to select um music like our how to do music production recording editing um our shows um just some of the technical yeah, so- Sure. So the technical side of it, I think, is really undervalued by people who are starting out. I think that it's really easy to get into podcasting and think that you're just going to say things into a microphone and and that's kind of all you have to do. There is, you know, I think editing is really important. Both both the the music is, is, I guess, important. if you're going that route, if you if you want to have, I mean, there are some shows that don't have any musical intro. Um, they just maybe have. One thing we do is we do have a little bit of a musical intro, but over that, overlaid over that, we have a little snippet from each show. So there's always a little preview or you know a little a, a, a little kind of clip in the beginning um, to catch people's mm-hmm. attention. And I think it's important to keep your intro really reasonable and, and, and not overly long. I think everyone, you know, especially if they get a piece of music that they really like and they get the rights to it, they're like, oh, I'm going to play this whole song in the beginning because it's so cool. And no one, you know, after, think about your audience is going to be listening to that. If your show is successful or, or if you're, you just stick with it, your audience is going to listen to that hundreds of times. And they're going to get bored of, of a two-minute intro, right? They're going to be skipping it, and they might not even want to bother with it. So, so really important to keep that intro and any music that you use in the beginning very, very short and pithy. Um, editing out, you know, learning to edit. I use um, you can use GarageBand, which is which is free on on Mac. You can use Reaper, which is free on PC. Uh, both of them are really pretty full featured. I use Logic, which is kind of the upgraded version of GarageBand. Um, but either of those will work. Uh, there's like audacity and things, but I, I really think you should get a, a decent full-featured editor and learn how to use it because it's super important to take out, you know, we have just sections of time where we're in the studio. We now have a, a studio which we bought mostly, which, well, the studio we didn't buy, but uh, all the, a lot of the equipment we bought through Patreon money at this point. Um, but, you know, we, when, we, when we go in there, there's times where, you know, some – uh, a, a siren goes by outside, you know, or there's some kind of crazy noises outdoors, and we're going to have to edit those out, and you want that to be seamless. So learning how to edit, I think, is important. There's a ton of YouTube tutorials about how to use Logic and, and Reaper, um, and they can make it really, they can break it down and make it kind of simple for you. Um, if you are looking for music and you're not a music producer yourself, I, I'm very lucky in that Duncan and I, the way that we met and know each other is that we were in bands together for many years. Um, he was, he's a great singer and I play guitar. And so I've been doing music production since I was a teenager. So I do the vast majority of like music I've just been able to do for, for my own podcast. But uh, one place that I would recommend for totally royalty free stuff is Pixabay, P I X A B A Y. And they have, I believe they have a music section and then they have also images. So if you want, you know, individual artwork, um, go there, you can get it, and you don't have to worry about licensing. Um, you can even use it for commercial purposes. So that's, that's my favorite site. I use it for, you know, I like to have different artwork for each episode. Um, and so I go through Pixabay, and then I use Canva um, if I want to alter it at all or create like a, like a you know, cover art. Um, yeah. Also, if you're looking for cover art and you want someone else to do it and you're not much of an artist, 
Um, just go to Fiverr. You know, you can pay a few bucks and it sources from all around the world and people who are great artists will, will bid on your project. And I think we, you know, we got, uh, we've had some art done for like, you know, 20 bucks here or there and you just get a little tip. Sometimes it's, it's called Fiverr because a lot of stuff is even $5, but yeah, I always want to pay a little more than that. But um, yeah, so there are a lot of, a lot of opportunities for free stuff that you can use. But I think it's really important to, lose, to learn how to edit and manipulate that stuff yourself just so you can uh, get in there and, and make a high-quality show. Okay, thank you. And then what, what type of equipment is best for a podcast? So it depends a little bit on what your situation is. If you are going to be solo, if you're going to be in a room by yourself, and you have a pretty well-insulated area that's not going to pick up a lot of outside noise, then your best bet would be a condenser mic. And condenser mics are the highest quality mics. They are very, very sensitive. Um, They'll pick up everything, which means that if you have a cat or a dog or a kid or there's outside noise, they're going to pick that up too. That's why I say you want to have an insulated environment. But if you're in a, in a really good insulated environment and you're by yourself, definitely get a condenser mic. And the most popular ones are things like the Blue Yeti. I'm not a huge fan of the Blue Yeti. I do have one because it was the first mic I bought because that's what everyone said to buy. Um, but I would look. There's, there are some really good options out there. Um, the Blue Yeti is, is a quality mic. It's totally fine if that's what you're doing. Uh, I think the biggest problem with a condenser mic and a specifically the Blue Yeti is that people do buy it when they're going to be in the wrong situation. So if you like, if you're like us, me and me and Duncan, we sit in the same room when we record. And so the last thing you want in that scenario is a condenser mic because it's going to pick up every motion, every little rustling sound, every noise that the other person makes while you're on the mic. So if you're in a non-ideal situation where it's not just one person in a room, then you want a dynamic microphone, which blocks out a lot of the sound around you. Um, And there are a bunch of good options for dynamic mics. You can get them through, um, you know, anywhere can tell you the the best sort of budget options. You can get really good dynamic mics for literally like 50 to 70 bucks, even the SM57 or SM58, which are really popular mics by, by Shure. Um, they're great for music as well. Um, so they're a good all-around mic to have. The SM58 is what we started with. And then, and then from there, you can, you can upgrade. You know, we now have very expensive mics. They're called um, EVRE20s. Um, and their audio, they're, they're like, you know, $500 mics. I mean, they're, they're overkill. And I would honestly say that they're not even worth the money. Like I love them. I'm glad we have them, but they're not, they're not, you know, $500 better than the mics that we had before. So you you don't have to get the very expensive mics, like an, like an SM7B, you know, the ones that Rogan uses or something like Ours are in that category, and you just don't need to go there, especially if you're starting out and you don't need, you know whether you're going to really le- love podcasting. I would say stick with something a dynamic or condenser mic within the $100 range, $75 to $100. You can find a lot of decent mics there. And then just a, you know, a basic laptop um, and the recording software. It's generally all you're going to need. If you do have a dynamic mic, if you have multiple mics that you're going to be plugging into a computer, you will need some type of audio interface. And uh, I think the most popular one is the Scarlett. Um, and you can, you know, Google those. You'll, you'll see they're, they're usually around 100 bucks. 
uh, and you plug into those, they, they switch from an audio or an analog to a digital signal to get the uh, signal into your computer. Wonderful. Okay, thank you so much again. And then, let's see. Um, oh, I, uh, how are the, um, when you do topics about politics, because we're kind of like, I think they call it in culture wars and all this good stuff right now, uh, politically speaking. How do you approach those topics on your podcast, if at all? Yeah, that's another good question. That is really hard right now. I, if you go to <laughs> any popular podcast and you look at their reviews, especially in Apple Podcasts where they can leave a written review, you'll generally see that there are a ton of, you know, a, a bunch of good uh, reviews. And then there will be one or two saying, like, why did they bother? You know, don't bring politics into this. Why are you letting your politics show through? We only have one – right now we're at a five-star rating in Apple, which is very nice. Uh, but we had one negative review. The only negative review written that we've ever gotten so far, knock on wood, was someone who said, I enjoyed this podcast until they brought politics into it. And we couldn't even remember when we had brought politics into it. We are not a political show. But I think there had been one episode where we did something about, um, well, we did an episode on pointless petty wars that had happened in the past. And a lot of them were very silly. There was a war that was fought over a camel. Like there have just been a lot of wars that were ridiculous in history. But I think we mentioned something about, you know, the Iraq war. We mentioned something that was very non-triggering as far as I could tell. Um, but it yeah. rubs someone the wrong way. They thought that we were making a political statement. And so, you know, I don't know that you can fully keep your politics out of whatever show you're doing, even if it's not a political show. I think that we're in such a polarized time and, and such a sensitive time that whatever you say is going to be interpreted through a million lenses, that people are, people are looking for your bias or whatever. Um, I think the best thing that you can do is, you know, if you have a politics podcast, it, it's irrelevant. You're, 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 political views are going to be out there and there's nothing you can do about that. And you're just going to get a little bit of a negative. You're going to get a, a backlash on, you know, some people aren't going to like it. If you're doing a non-politics podcast, I would say just you're going to have to try your best to sort of be even handed, but don't worry when a few people get offended because there's honestly nothing you can do. Everyone right now is looking for something you know, they are very sensitive. They're very triggered by what's going on in the world. And understandably, there's a lot to be triggered by out there. There's a lot that you should be concerned about. Um, but there's nothing you can do to, you know, completely sanitize your show and make it appeal to everyone and never offend someone. It, there's, I, I don't think there's any way to do that in this current climate. So, you know, you just do your best and try not to let it affect you. That's the main thing is just, you know, that was really sad for us. We didn't want to lose a listener just because they thought we were being political, even though we felt like we weren't. But at the same time, you know, that listener probably wasn't for us. We probably, it's probably someone we wouldn't agree with on a lot of things. And not every show is for everyone. So I would say, you know, if you're not a politics podcast, sure, do your best to keep political views out of it. But at the same time, understand that it's going to come through in some way. Someone's going to get upset and it's okay. Life goes on. You know, just don't worry about it. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, that's great advice. And then also, um, how do you, this is again, because we have just a few minutes left. Um, I only have this, just two questions left, okay? Um, 
Mm-hmm. Is uh, how do you approach your uh, pop culture topics, movies, and television? Uh, well, you mean as far as like how do we how do we present them or? Yes, how do you present them, and who do you choose? Excuse me, like what type of topics in pop culture or movies or TV do you um, select? Is there like a specific well, uh, genre uh, in pop culture or person? I mean, does that make sense? I'm asking. Yeah, so we're really lucky in broad. that our okay. topics now. No, that's fine. Our our topics are actually chosen by the listeners at this point. So they, yeah. we have a Discord uh, room where it's it's a, a topic suggestion, and they go in there and they suggest topics, and then we choose the most popular ones, and then they vote on them. Um, so we have done some, uh, you know, pop culture related stuff, but it's all been chosen for us, which is nice. Uh, we now do another, a whole other set of shows um, for only our patrons, and those involve a lot of pop culture. I'm a huge movie fan. I'm a cinephile. So we do um, every other week, we typically do something that has to do with movies uh, or pop culture. We do like a top five list. Next week we're doing um, the top five Hollywood cliches, uh, and we bring on a guest and we talk about those. Um, and that's all just kind of fun. That's just I get to choose whatever I want to talk about in pop culture. So, you know, with our regular show, the top topics are chosen for us, which is nice. And then with the other shows, uh, it's just kind of a grab bag, and I get to choose what I find interesting. Wonderful. Okay. Well, actually, it looks like my seconds are counting down right now. So quickly, what is your favorite coffee that you like to drink or favorite hot beverage? Oh, that's funny. I don't do coffee. I um, okay. I, I could handle, I guess, maybe maybe a decaf. Uh, I spent many years drinking way too much coffee, and I'm a little bit too high strung for it. So uh, I don't do coffee anymore. But I do do like I'm like a grandma. I drink chamomile tea, and I'm and I'm good. It puts me to sleep at night, and uh, keeps me keeps me even keeled. Excellent. Okay. Thank you so much, Shane, for. Um, all of your information. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming on and being our guest today. Okay, and we're going to yeah, say absolutely. bye for you now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Appreciate it. You bet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Douglas is one of many who found a new life through Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. I was living on the streets when I heard this guy talk about how he got clean and sober at the mission. So I decided to give it a try. I could feel something working inside of me, and I knew I was getting better. Today, my number one goal is to stay clean and sober. And grace will lead me home. To hear more, volunteer, or donate, visit UGM.org. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.